by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host, <laughs> Charles Rose. Did I say that? Mary Mullen. this thing about the, the, the real person, and we're going, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests. And all your questions, live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. Well, here we are for the first uh, episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 Show for 2022. Larry, we made it to 2022. It's always uh, amazing. Is, isn't it, man? Did you did you enjoy the holiday season? Um it's, you know, kind of quiet, you know, I mean, um, didn't do it very much, but had my family around and had some good eats and tried to do some, you know, just get out there. It was, we had a lot of rain in California, which of course, uh, was yeah. good for the, uh, good for us because we need it, but it was, you know, it kept everything indoors. For sure. And we should have mentioned that it's Charles, it was Charles Rosen. I was going to say, it's the Charles Rosen 70th birthday celebration week. Yeah. And I know he's having another party today with his, uh, his grandkids and stuff, which he's looking forward to. I saw him yesterday and uh, <clears throat> we had a little, we had our, our afternoon in, but uh, yeah, it was a big, it's a big deal. I guess 70, you know, he's such a young man. It's hard for me to really understand his excitement. But <laughs> his, his, his declaring himself old. Um, oh, I saw that too in a post today that, yeah, uh, you know, he didn't know if he was going to make it and all that. And it's great well, to yeah, have him. I mean, yeah. you know, that was the thing. I mean, the show obviously stressed him because the minute he left the show, he had a heart attack. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but luckily he was at the hospital when he had it. He was he was a, had to, on a treadmill having a heart test. Oh my god! So I didn't know that. Place to have a heart attack when you're actually being examined to see how your heart is. Perfect timing. Yeah, I mean, listen, we love Charles here, so a very happy birthday to our buddy. He'll be back very soon um, as we continue rocking on uh, the Beverly Hills 90210 show. All right, so we're in season seven. We're talking about uh, a mate for life. I want to ask you before we bring on our guests and all that. What was this this storyline? You guys set up. Nat and Joan are going to have. Well, they're going to get married, and they're also going to have a baby, right? And we're going to do it all in one episode. So, tell me. well, you know, we had started the thing off. You know, I think uh, in season six, where you know we kind of had this. We discovered that Joey Tata, who we all also wish uh, health and happiness to for 2022. He's really, absolutely, we know, and we love Joey. And, uh, but, you know, we discovered that Joey had a part in a Roger Corman film, you know, and so it'd be kind of fun to kind of reveal that. We just, you know, because we're always looking for ammunition. You're looking for all kinds of stories, big storylines, small storylines. You got a lot of characters you got to service in a show. Don't forget, television making is like a manufacturer. You're looking for all the different ingredients. And uh, and we had this thing. We discovered this thing. And then we started building a storyline about it, which was, you know, why not give Nat, a, you know, an old flame and stuff? And and we cast uh, someone who, who was a friend of mine who I, I really uh, loved, uh, uh, Julie Parrish, who's no longer with us. And she was just, you know, when you see her, she was one of Elvis's girlfriends in, a, in Paradise, uh, Hawaii style, I think. You know, she has some kissing with Elvis. I mean, she's very you know she's legit 
Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, and then we just kind of took it to its conclusion. The end of uh, episode six, uh, I mean, season, uh, season six, I think we have uh, asked her to marry him maybe. And then we, That's gotta, right. we know what's going to happen. Or maybe she's pregnant. We discover she's pregnant. She's pregnant, and then the marriage is coming. It's going to happen. You know, it was a little bit of a, a leap of faith. You know, we did this. We did uh, talk to uh, you know fertility doctors and stuff. And Can we, this we, happen? We, we, right? We felt, yeah, we felt we were. We were. We you know, we, it was possible. Yeah, you know, it wasn't totally an outlier. And uh, we just kind of went with that. And of course, in the tradition of the show, where we had already done wedding and a funeral, so why not do a wedding and a birth? Right, and, and it's kind of double time the show, so we don't have to have two episodes on it. We just can do it in one and really have some fun with it. And uh, it just took off. Uh, it built around it, and uh, it was the it was the you know this is the third episode of the season. It's an episode that um, one of the staff writers, John Welpley, wrote uh, uh, the draft on uh, first draft on, and uh, it was directed by Bert Brinkerhoff, who had done a number of other episodes for us. Also, I just wanted to give those credits. Sure. I mean, I want to ask you to, you know, we've talked about this in the, in the Patreon that we did, um, you know, at the start of a season, like season seven, you guys all get together and you start talking about things and someone has to say, well, we have to do the Nat thing. We have to have the, you know, what is that? What are those days like with those meetings of those like, are, those are really great. Cause they're, uh, you know, that would usually occur. I want to say like a couple, like a week before a Memorial day. Because we were pretty much going to get back in the office after Memorial Weekend. So we'd kind of sneak in a weekend meeting where we just would all kind of, you know, lube up and smoke up and just throw out every idea we had that would be fun to do during the thing and would be good for the shows. And just kind of gather them in a, in a you know, in a whole just a file because, you know, we weren't that organized computer wise at that point. And uh, and just start building them and go over each character. What might be where, where they're going to go? Where do we want to see them at the end of the season? We started asking ourselves the tough questions. And then also, you know, because, you know, it's a business, you know, that's basically sells soap. We had to see where we're going to go for the November sweeps, the February sweeps and the May sweeps. Those are the money shots for us. So we wanted these storylines to kind of always peak in those four weeks of, of those months where advertising rates are set. You know, that's our job. So that's and that's part of the fun of it because it gives you some parameters to create within. And uh this kind of just went, you know, kind of. I was really the first time I was really running it full, full. I was gonna say you're you're the executive yeah, producer the, here at the, this, this point. This is the one where I'm really generating, so I'm throwing out. I, you know, I've already been working on it for weeks. You know, just kind of gathering up my little bag of ideas, and so I had some stuff I thought was pretty cool. And uh, you know, one of them, of course, as we started talking about the wedding, was uh, what can we do? Like maybe Joni has a daughter, and we could bring her in. And again, you know, I'm always looking for, you know a little bit of a hotter angle and you know so yes yeah, so Joni's daughter Joni thinks she's you know she thinks she's her little angel and she's a ballet dancer and we turns out she is a, a wonderful erotic dancer exotic dancer excuse me exotic and, dancer. and I've got to put it with Brandon we're gonna because Brandon's got no no female in it we need to have you know kissing and stuff is, which is important it's a soap you opera know, this stuff is very you know, important yeah. again well I mean the tenets of our show is emotion passion bonding fun so in the passion part, but we every episode should have those four ingredients in it. Now make mm. a good episode. That's what we always believe. Yeah, let's bring in our friend Catherine Kendall and get her take on this. There she is. Hello. Hello. How are you? Did you get to watch the episode, Catherine? Catherine? Um, did I watch the episode? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. I did. I'm watch so, it. Glad. Yeah. so glad. Yeah, you should have had a good, good couple of laughs on that. <laughs> oh, that's great! It was amazing. It was. It's so fun. It's and it's fun. I've got. I'll go back and show people sometimes years later that you know, I had short hair then, and I was on that, and they'll be like, oh. 
it's really fun. And it's one of the, the most fun things to rewatch for, for other people too. Cause it's just so. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, you don't look that much different to me. I mean, you look stunning today. So it's in as well. Yes. I'm taking my breath away here. But yeah, I mean, it's gotta be 26, seven years ago. Yeah. We were yeah. so young. we were so young. How then. does how does this come up in your world? Tell me about what your life was like then, Catherine, when you were working as I mean, this is this is the 90, 90 what? 97, I think. Ninety six yeah. or seven. Yeah. What does nineteen ninety seven look like for you and, and how does this come about? Um, okay, nineteen ninety seven. Um I remember that swingers, I was in the movie Swingers. That's mm-hmm. why we cast you. And Swingers <laughs> yeah, it had just come out. And then, or it was something like that. But no, there was some, there was some, I was, I, I remember that I did this job and then I was at the Toronto Film Festival and I was, someone even recognized me from my profile and they were like, 90210? And I was like, wait, I just did one episode. Like, how, <laughs> how do you even know what? It was wild. It really kind of showed me the. Um, the power of that show, maybe. The power. Yeah. So walking. So did you did you have to audition? I did have to audition, and it was a little scary because um, I had um, I had to dance in the audition. That's but correct. But there was no there was no choreography. I had to just do it. You just know, move, yeah. come up with something. You know, mm-hmm. come up with a little something. Something. And I was like, oh, but what? You know, like. And then, but those are kind of wonderful acting moments because it it's a sink or swim moment and it's fun to see what you, what you'll really do, you know? And so, um, it happens in the room. It happens in the room. Sometimes, and you know what? When it happens in the room on the other side of the couch where we are, it's so exciting because you're relieved. You found someone that's working. Everyone knew that it was, it was going to be perfect. Just, and also you weren't too tall, which is very important. Right. Right. You know, and you know, you didn't really look like any of the other characters because I was really big on that. It used to, it still drives me crazy when I see casts where two characters look alike. Was that her? You know, I just saw the one with Kate Blanchett and Tony Collette. I'm going, aren't they the same person? What's going on? <laughs> but so uh, yeah, Nightmare Alley, not very good. Okay. So Larry, when you're sitting in the room, obviously this is a tough choice. You know her from Swingers, you know, so you know yes, this. You, you know, know this. Yeah, she's got the and, right energy and uh, and confidence. You know, there was a kind of a thing there that was kind of cool and an attitude that she brought to it. You know, that we were hoping for, and I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they probably asked her, are you comfortable if, you know, like in some kind of a bikini kind of thing? I'm sure we would have cleared that because that scene would have been written, you know, where she kind of is totally unabashedly because she's, you know, she's an exotic dancer. She just takes off her clothes and she's in something which I want to give Molly, our, our wardrobe lady, a lot of shit for because it's kind of plain, I think. <laughs> I know. Thank you. It was so, like, you know, like really couldn't like make it like a little flowery or something. <laughs> I know, so we knew it wasn't like a gym outfit because today it just looks like a gym outfit, you know. It looks very much, it was like, you know, a jogging, a jog bra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so you get, I, I have to tell you though, you know, yeah, but, but yeah, but so I, I'm sure we did clear that because it was, even then it was a sensitive uh, it was, thing. You know? But, you know, I was a dancer and the nice thing is, you know, I was used to um, taking dance class in leotards and that was my, that was my life. So right. it wasn't a big stretch, you know, no. it's scary, but it is still, you know, a nerve-wracking thing to suddenly be on a set. 
no matter, oh my gosh, no matter yeah. how great shape you think you might have been in or not been in it um to be you know in your in your underwear but everyone with the whole crew and lights and a whole everybody i mean yeah. Top. Yeah, you know. i have to say like I was so stunned at how how nice everyone was because everyone was really famous at that point, and I didn't know any of these people. They were they were sort of untouchable, and Jason Priestley could not have been a more down to earth guy. Um, is, and, like, is Jason in in the casting meeting? Do you meet him there, or do you meet him on set? Or no, so I met him like. In my working. Dancing. <laughs> like, yeah, I was gonna say Jason's working. You know, I always I never got a thank you note from Jason ever. Like from he's like with a you know, he gets to spend the whole day with Catherine. He gets to you know, and, and, and you know you had two kisses, you had two kisses because I looked at the kisses. I'm always very big on the kisses. You had two kisses. Mm -hmm. One kiss was excellent, it had a couple of parts in it. It moved around a bit. There was some motion. The first one. Very good. Very good. That rated very highly. So what was your experience with Jason? Did you work out the kiss first? or how, uh, Bert Brinkerhoff is the director, as I remember. Mm. Again, I don't think I've ever had anything go so smoothly. Um, he was a consummate pro, and I felt incredibly comfortable. And um, he made it funny. I think that Jason yeah. knew how to bring humor into a situation that could have been extremely... Um, Anyway, I'm sorry. You're good to go. So it was a good experience, you were saying. Yeah, I was saying, um, I think before the days of intimacy coordinators, um, we all just had to kind of figure it out. West, I know. And hope and pray that um, the director or the other actor had, um, you know, like good emotional EQ. I mean, you know, like, I mean, emotional intelligence is what I mean. Because um, to, to make someone feel comfortable, a guest star, to to make them feel empowered, to make them feel safe, to relax the situation for everybody. I think sometimes even directors can get nervous for that kind of thing. But I thought most of it happened with Jason. I think Jason was so cool. Well, which is cool because, well, he was, you know, a producer of the show then. So I'm really mm. uh, glad glad to hear that. And uh, yeah. But yeah, it was the Wild West then. There was just no doubt. We just, we'd write stuff. We expect people to do it. You know, we, you know, we were kind of, uh, you know, we just trusted people, but you know, sometimes it, but we have a famous story, Gabriella uh, Cartier, uh, Gabrielle Carteris was on our show. Mm -hmm. And she would basically, if she had a guest star, she had to kiss, she would tell them, what would she say to the Pete? <laughs> you're going to be fired if you put your tongue down my mouth. Something you're like that. Be fired. <laughs> yeah. Don't even think about putting your tongue in my mouth. <laughs> I will get you fired. Yeah, it yeah, was she funny. Used to give a, a warning. She would have a disclaimer quickly. But uh, no, we really. So, Catherine, you come, you come the into work. the you come into the show, um, and you said everyone was super sweet to you. Um, were you a were you a fan of Nine Hundred Two Hundred? Were you aware of, I mean, or at least? minimally aware of how large it was. Oh, I was aware that everyone was incredibly famous, but um, I had been, and people always tease me about this. I hadn't watched the show that much because I had been in my college years in New York and I was going to school and bu busy working and being in New York. And I wasn't really watching television. Right. And I remember my agents kept saying, you have to start watching TV. Yeah. <laughs> go audition for television and, and not be aware of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, okay. My whole life I was told, you know, don't watch TV. Like it was a different kind of time. You know, it was like you, the discipline of, it was about going, you know, going to the theater and 
in those New York days. But then I, I moved to LA and I, I, I started catching on, you know. <laughs> it's a different well, world. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I totally understand. You know, New York is you know, legitimate actors and, you know, they come to, well, swingers, that's what swingers portray so much in that movie. Right. Uh, right. Which was, you know, so much fun to, uh, to see. Um, you know, you got to work with a friend of mine, Julie Parrish. I want to know how that experience, she played your mother in that. And how, yeah. how was Julie? Just lovely, yeah, gentle, kind, easy, everything. Wonderful. Again, made me feel, you know, like welcomed into what could be a really intimidating situation. I was going to ask you, though, there's some actors that come on our our podcast and talk about their experience and say that it is intimidating when they first mm -hmm. get to uh, on 90210 because yeah. it's so huge and the actors are famous and all of this. Yeah. Did you have that moment of... I definitely had that moment. And it was surprising. I didn't really realize that I would, but suddenly I'm in the trailer and and I see um Tori and then I mean just all of these Jenny, beautiful yeah. women just coming in that are like iconic. And I was like, oh my god, they're all here. They they're family, they've been together for years now. And um, and I've got to really find that confidence. This this character is confident, she can't afford to. Right, you know, lose that right now. And I remember Kathleen Robertson um, was incredibly cool to me, and and Jenny Garth was too. I think some tag was sticking out of my shirt, and she kind of helped me look better. And I was like, you know, this is everyone's. They they took care of me. I mean, they they made it better. You know, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, Luke, you know, Luke was gone by that season because Luke would always be the first one to, especially a female a guest star, to go over them <laughs> and say to them, uh, "He, this is this has been collaborated by a number." He goes, "So, uh, how are the bitches treating you?" <laughs> <laughs> that was, Luke. but uh, then Luke would always, you know, he, like I say, he'd be the first one to eat with the person and really make them feel welcome. But, uh, he he always uh, would take their side. Yeah, that's his. That's his. He knew, he knew it was a tough shop. He knew people could be cold. And, and we've heard that you know. Timothy, um, Tiffany Amber Thiessen was really lovely mm. to me. I mean, I, I thought people were nicer than I thought they were going to be. <laughs> totally, that's the famous that. thing and all that. You know, well, and you early, come in. It was early in like, the season. It was early in the season. <laughs> they were just warm to getting back to work. <laughs> well, no, but I wanted to say also that they put you know you you're paired with Nat who is. You know, I so iconic to the world of Beverly Hills 90210. He's, you know, he's, you know, everybody adores this character and 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 the person Joey Tata. You know, Larry mentioned he's yeah he's he's ill and not well these days, and we always think about him here at the show. Um, and just you know, have nothing but lovely things to say. Um, you did do some stuff with Joey. What was uh that like for you? Another person that equalized everything and made you feel like you were in you know, your living room, mm. I think very real and accessible person. Very cool. And so doing some of this, uh, you know, you're the ex exotic dancer and all this was, was that fun for you? It was, it was fun. I mean, I spent my, my, I did grow up as a ballet dancer and um, I, I loved the fact that I could incorporate and use dance in some small way, but I also thought that it was important that this character was empowered and she felt like I felt fun being her. I didn't, I felt like she was a free spirit and she was, uh, she was a, a self I could be, you know, in, in another life. 
you know, people, they should watch this episode and, and see Catherine put her leg up to her. She just puts her <laughs> leg all the way up to her head. That I mean, that that's what, you know, that's what did it for us. I'm so okay, glad that's this is going to be great. What I mean, will never believe me. It was great. Now, you, you used a lot of the physicality really well to, to be flirty, which was, which is, we needed from the character, really delivered. And I only feel badly because, you know, at the end of the season, I was shown the door. So if it hadn't have been, I'm sure I would have brought you back. Jason, oh. Jason took my job. <laughs> it's all fine. Life goes on, but uh, you know, uh, but that, yeah, it's uh, unfortunate that character didn't come back because uh, obviously Joni and Nat stayed married and they had the little baby yeah. and stuff. And it would have been easy to bring you back and screw up Brandon's life just when he's with another girl. And you know, right. yes. what we normally did was create a complication because it was a wonderful character you created. I thought, and uh, you know what? I found this episode had so much heart in it. Also, it it led to a lot of great stuff in the in the, uh, the you know we'll get into that later in the in the birth of baby and all the stuff with uh, Stephen and Claire in the in the show. But I but I thought it was you know the the fun of you and Brandon together, and also obviously I and you got to kind of be with I in the scenes too, is uh, uh, which which was good. I mean he's always fun in there, and the guys. Uh, the guys improvise like crazy. At one point, uh, this is a little bit out of, I don't think Catherine's in the scene, but it's just after he's seen Catherine. Uh, it was after the morning, they, after the uh, the night they spent together, Ian uh, just throws out a line, which is totally his, which is, uh, and he says, Brandon's like denying anything happened. He says, and Ian and, and goes, that's funny. I think I saw you limping. <laughs> Implying it was kind of a wild acrobatic night, um, uh, but I thought that was kind of fun. We always they always try to get stuff by the censors, then, and that just you know they they you know it was fine. For, you know, uh, Catherine, everybody's talking about these days, the '90s, and what that was like and whatnot. And I'm always curious about what that universe was like to work in in that time period. Um, my experience of working in the '90s was amazing. If you were, are you referring to sexual harassment? No, I mean, I was, go, I was going to let you lead the the, yeah, the will, charge on this. I know this is really important yeah, to you. You know, it is important to me. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you, if you know, but I was one of the women that came forward about Harvey Weinstein in the New York Times, and um, that was an unfortunate experience that happened to me. It was not on a set, mm -hmm. and uh, it was what I thought was at a, at a, at a meeting. It was a very legitimate meeting. So, you know, I um, is of, this before or after your experience of 902? 902 and I was after. Okay. Um, oh. The Harvey oh, wow. thing happened to me when I was very young. Oh, okay. I was in my early twenties and he yeah. wasn't even the person that, I mean, he was still a big deal, but I don't think he'd done, he hadn't done Shakespeare in love yet or, but Miramax was still like the new, the new yeah. shiny golden office in town or, you know, and, um, and I had gone and had a meeting there and it, and it went really badly. It went really well and then it went really badly. And, um, but I, I, I just want to say like my, I, uh, on sets with the men that I worked with, John Favreau, Ben, love, any of love those John. Jason Priestley, all those people. I mean, I've never worked with such nice people, gentlemen. Yeah, I never felt mm. I never felt even. I never felt crew was being weird. To, I'm, you know, in nine hundred two and zero, I'm in my underwear. I never felt anyone was going like snickering or making me feel bad. And I know those things happen. Oh sure. yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was in the business since the early eighties. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I saw it. I yeah. saw stuff which was always 
just would yeah. be a big turnoff. Uh, I just want to, I'm curious now, as someone, I was an actor myself and I appeared naked on stage, you know, all over Canada. Um, so I was just curious, did, did you ever, we, we ever, did you ever appear uh, in any part of nudity on stage or screen? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just part of it then. I mean, uh-huh. um, major, uh, yeah, it was part of it. Yeah. But when you walk in, I mean, after your that horrific experience that you had, and you're walking onto sets, do you, do you, are you still able at that time to, are you able to say like, well, that was a really bad experience, you know what I mean? And then walk into a set, or do you have your guard up going onto sets? So not only is it just intimidating you're on this huge show, but also you've had this this experience where it was a really bad experience. Are you? able to walk into a place being like, I just don't want that. Are you, or are you kind of like what you're guarded by? I don't want that to happen again. Like, what is it like for you after something like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, my feeling was that if I was on a set, I'm safe because there are other people around. Mm-hmm. And it's the, it's the being alone. It's the being sequestered, you know, that's, that's so terrifying. Run lines in my trailer. All that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I never actually even thought that that, that would happen with Harvey because I almost thought, well, he's just too famous to risk doing anything. Mm. Like that, they, right? They like they were bulletproof then. They right. Just bulletproof. But I do think that there is um or or it is possible that I was also shut down and kind of brainwashed in a way, like everyone else, to be like tough. So that if anyone did ever tease me on a set or whatever, that I might have just learned from like, well, this is how I deal with that. Uh, I'm a woman who grew up in the 80s and I'm working in the 90s and that's what happens. And you've got to be strong. And yeah, I, I a lot of right. that way, you know, and didn't even realize that we were using that protective mechanism. For sure. How are you doing today with uh, all of this? Um. Thank you for asking. I, I'm doing I'm doing really well. I feel like I know that it's uh, really been hard uh, for so many people. And we were really trying to move the dial uh, all around the world, right? And we didn't know that was going to happen, talking mm. about Harvey Weinstein. We didn't know that, you know, the whole world was going to say, hey, it's, you know, me too. That's you know, true. but it's we, hard to change it. it we were, uh, you know, I think thinking about it now, by 90, in 1994, as a group, all the producer writers on the staff had to spend a day in a sexual harassment seminar. Mm. And I'm thinking like, but what about the actors? We have to do that too. Right, to it's been required. So yeah. I always find that interesting. Um, well, I yeah, want to we say though. Um, someone, we actually had someone fired over it uh, on the show when I was there. Fairly prominent, a fairly prominent person. I'm not going to mention. Uh, yeah. For for are you talking about a writer? We're not live. Or no, are you talking it's an executive? An executive that was on not working on 90210 got fired over. Yeah, the casting right. executive. Mm, oh, mm. that was the whole thing. You know, with uh, that happened someone there. Who, someone who won't come on the show. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but, uh, but Catherine, I want to say that you know, despite what you went through, the work is incredible on. This episode of Nine Hundred Two and Zero, and the work that you've been doing, you know, since this this fun episode of, of a TV show. So, um, do you use any of your experiences in the characters? Um, yeah, yeah, more and more. 
Uh, I think now that I'm older and I have integrated and been in therapy and processed some things and really um, like let go of um, that sort of shame and but but also realizing that it's something that happened and it's real and it, it happened to so many people and so I'm not embarrassed to ex to have that part of myself expressed. I mean, there are times where I might feel embarrassed. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing, but it's, but I'm also more and more. Okay. That's good. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so just looking back on your 90210, so talking to you, you just mentioned before that you were doing something else, then someone recognized you from 90210. Has yeah. that happened to you through the years where somebody was like, oh my God, you're the, the Nat's, or Joan's daughter. It's so funny. It's happened. And um, it, it gets, yeah. I mean, it gets big response. It's a, it's a, it's sort of shocking only because you know how it is. You do a show, you go and you work for a week or something as a guest star, and then you leave. Right. And then you don't really understand that it's out in the ethers for everyone to see. And you don't watch much TV. So you really don't know. Right. More, now, more now I do, but yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> you don't really get like the reach or, you know, I, I think like, if you went to Israel or Italy, uh, you would be immediately recognized because those were our really, big fans. Even with my hair long, because I always thought I was like a short hair actor and a long hair actor. Oh. You know, like there's the short hair me, and that was maybe a little bit, but maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, it's. I, I like the story. I particularly like when we catch Nat and Steve. We set up the fact that Nat and Steve are going to go to the, the strip club for his bachelor party. And of course, She's going there because she wants to see a friend there, and it just she gets busted basically. So, I love it was really fun, and uh, the other girl was wonderful yeah. too. I don't remember her name at all, but you know that just that moment just really worked. It seemed very yeah. genuine. Yeah, and sometimes it's hard to pull off that stuff. It can seem very stagey. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. There you are. Oh my god! There was a lot of fun. There was a lot of uh, uh, there was a spirit to this character, and I loved that. Yeah. You know, I felt like she was dancing. She was moving. She was. She was sort of like. Oh yeah, when you were walking, when we shoot you from behind, you had some wonderful uh, motion going on. Yeah, and that was the director too. But it was fun to like play that. Like I don't. I don't I'm glad you said that. I've always been tough on Burt Brinker off, but I, I actually thought that there was a director episode. Was the director good, Burt? Do you remember any of any of him and his direction on on this? Oh God. <laughs> no, you know, I mean, for me, you know, again, it, sometimes. Uh, Paul Wagner, who was our main producer, was, you know, had so much to do with the success of the show. But he he chose the directors, and he a lot of times he chose them because they were going to get the work done. He probably right. looked at this and said, "It's early down. The kids aren't going to work that hard. I got a lot of different setups going here. I need a guy who's just going to give me my shoot the pages, not give me any shit." And, you know, <laughs> right, so, yeah. you know, I get her bring her off. You know, it wasn't like you know we had Dan Adius or some of the other guys, sure. or, you know, Jack Bender, some you know people really brought a little bit more art. But I thought this was really good in uh, the whole episode. So. Do you think that TV directors in general um, just kind of have to be fast? You know, I had been out of the business since 2007, so I can only talk about that. But yes, then they did. You know, because. Certainly on the shows I was connected with, because I believed in getting shows in budget. I didn't like going over it; just it just offended me. So I, that was the job. We're supposed to send it in. This is the box. We're putting it in the box. We're going to send it out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely, you got to be able to, you know, move a crew because you're shooting six to eight pages a day, and yeah. in film you're doing like a 
page and a half or two, three pages. So yeah. it's a different thing. And, and, you know, this episode was not what we call a double up. Sometimes, you know, probably in a couple of episodes after this, we were shooting two at once. Yeah. It was really complicated. Then you really need great directors because we'd be shuffling cast back and forth between locations. And it was a, it was a real logistical nightmare. We had a, what was called a scheduling czar to kind of put it together. But uh, no, I'm sure Bert did a very good job. I'm very happy for him. So yeah. we, should, we should maybe have him on sometime. And for sure, it would be great. Give him some, uh, give him some love. All right, Catherine, thank you so much for stopping thank by and hanging out with us. The work yeah, is incredible. Yeah, it's Good been to awesome to hang out with you and see you. So don't, stay be, a stranger. Touch, right? don't be a stranger. Yeah. yeah we, might, we might call you to do something player. else down the line. You know, we, you never we know. have our special shows. We do shout outs to fans and stuff. I love it. I love it. It was, a, it was an honor. It was a really awesome. fun time in my life. Thank you. Great. Thank you. All right. All right, it was great having Catherine with us. Um, I'm gonna hit a shirt ad, and then we'll come back and we'll cover all of these uh, all of these other things. This is an old ad that we used to run. Well, well, well. When was the last time you checked out the Beverly Hills 90210 Show Shop? Because now it's loaded with so much more stuff. Did you ever want to join the gang at CU? Because now you can wear your official CU T-shirt. Or want to get into the fun with America's zip code? Represent with this cool swag. Or maybe you have an invite to the Peach Pit after dark and need the coolest shirt ever. We have loaded the store with so much more. So don't be a squeeze. Head over to Beverly Hills 90210showshop.com for all the latest goods. All right, let's talk about a couple of other things. Um, Kenny Bannerman is another big thing that's happening in this episode. Yeah, it was an idea of mine. I just kind of, again, in the, looking for storylines for characters, we hadn't really done the uh, older man and you know thing, and uh, it just seemed like a natural. We could, you know, really give it some roots in the Jim Walsh firm. It's a young accountant that he knew that he recommends to Valerie, and and the guy we cast. Again, just you know immediately when he walked in the room, he was going to be the right guy. His name was Joey Gian, G-I-A-N. JoeyGian.com. Go there and check it out. He's like, close your eyes. You think he's Sinatra. Uh, uh, he's got <laughs> he's like great. a lounge act or whatever. He's just he was in the Miami area. He hasn't come on the show, unfortunately. But he, he was going to work for us as just a smooth, interesting operator, someone Valerie, in her mind, can use because she, you know, she has a lot of problems, and that's kind of how she looks at life. I mean, as a, as a, you know, a broken person, she just tries to get ahead by using people, and and of course, Kenny's got other ideas, and he's a married man, so we're going to basically go into something that probably everyone on our staff was was you know, since we were all, you know, men for the most part are are immature for a very long you time. said you said on the patreon, you, you said on the patreon every guy there's every guy has a little kenny banner banner everyone, everyone's <laughs> been kenny banner at one point we've all told these stories <laughs> that we're getting divorced whatever so we were able to use all these landing spaces uh which we survived and you know from our immaturity and mature sure. and uh and they put it in kenny and it's and it, it, the storyline plays very real i thought and it gave you know, Tiffany, a chance to really shine and uh, and and have some good stuff outside the uh, outside the kids, because again, we were going to be doing double off sweet news. So we need to separate people so we can actually schedule it. But uh, yeah, Kenny Bannerman came in, and you know, right away, he thinks he's using her, but she's really using him. It's like a great a great relationship, and we could just kind of throw the stuff down there and kind of move some plot along with her. And 
And Tiffany looks phenomenal right in that season seven. She's just, you know, really blossoming. And, and you know, at, at, that was a good plot line for us. And it starts here. Uh, and- actually, it doesn't start here. This is like one where we're actually seeing, uh, again, Kenny buys her a bracelet. Tennis bracelet. And, and we, yeah. and a tennis bracelet, which we set up. And then at the beach club, his wife, we meet his wife, who's also lovely. I don't know what Kenny's thinking. She's gorgeous. Yes. And... Uh, and and she notices the bracelet. We get to really twist a twist a Kenny in the wind. He doesn't know what's going to happen. Is he got she going to bust him? And you just know that he made a terrible mistake going down the road with Valerie. It's just not going to end well for him. Well, and, a, and, and the guy, wife, you just know. Oh my God, he's <laughs> unpredictable. And the wife points out the tennis bracelet at the beach club. Right know, now, you brought up a, a very inter- interesting point. I want you to bring up here on the Patreon. You said on the Patreon, but here that you don't like when beach clubs. Have lots of people at them over the over the weekend. You're not a big beach fan. club is supposed to be exclusive. Why does it look like a public beach? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, you know, second ads love to fill the frame up for the director, and they're you know people are walking by doing it and like throwing frisbees. Like, come on, it's like stop it's me. beach I, club. I, you know, I I was always in the '80s. I produced Gidget and stuff, so I was always at the beach. And I would always, I made it a point that the beach always, you know, just a couple of people there it was a great beach. It's like a beach you want to go to, like a, not a crowded beach. Like I just didn't understand it. But it was hard to control it. You know, once they were out in the set, I, you know, unless I was like bringing it down, I didn't, you know, I, again, I wasn't going to come down that heavy. It was episode three of my, my reign. Right. So yeah, yeah. I, I let it go. But that's well, just, that was the style then. Paul liked it too. I'm sure he liked having lots of, you know, he, he when he went over the budget, he said, oh yeah, we're going to have a hundred extras that day, you know. On, on the note about taking over, um, well, and I want to tell everybody though, joeygion.com, we said, G, I think it's G I O N. Go G-I-A-N, to that. G I A N, joeygion.com, and hit him up and tell him he's got to do the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Yeah. We, want, we, need, we need our audience to let him know that this is a real thing. We really want him to come on and talk about it. Tell him all the, all you love him and you, want it, you love Kenny Bannerman, and we'll, hopefully, maybe that will help. It's helped before sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to go back to what you're talking about taking over. Um, you had obviously worked for Chuck, right? So you knew that, that what what that responsibility was and how big of a deal that was. Um, what did you what was your approach to taking the the, the the realms or the helm of this thing? Well, you know, in my my style is always be prepared, you know, really, you know, work hard at the beginning, get everything organized. And so I think going into that season. You know, like I said, I had, you know, everything, you know, had, you know, we had, we had, we had had our me- meetings early in the season before Memorial Day and uh, really attacked the script writing. So we'd be ahead. That's always been my style. Don't be late. You know, it's, you know, it's a theater style. You, you show up, it's on time. And, and of course this, you know, this episode is interesting because we have other characters introduced here. We have uh, the character of Mark uh, Reese played by, um, Dalton James. And as I was saying, like we had all these, once we got our bag of stories and uh, quickly approved, we already were going at it. I, I had, you know, everyone was writing. We were, we were going to be ahead of the thing because we knew we were going to the double ups. And then of course, by, you know, a couple episodes in, we found out that we had to get rid of Dalton James. So that kind of screwed <laughs> everything up. We've talked about that. Yeah. But, I mean, I know, wish Dalton did another one. Yeah. We, I'm trying to think, did we start any other characters in this one? We start uh, Dalton James. Oh, and then we have the, you know, we have the, 
the the Kelly uh, Taylor storyline where she's she's uh, volunteering in a in a uh, well. There's a couple of other storylines here that I want to ask you about. There is Michael Stovinoff, who we're we're trying to get to come on the podcast. We're hoping that that happens. Um, We're still talking. Jimmy. He plays Jimmy Gold, uh, a really cool character, you know, amateur magician who's uh, dying of AIDS. And so there's the AIDS storyline, but you you got you were telling me that you you guys knew him from Blossom. He got an he gets an offer, and I think he just I think he just rocks this storyline. And in the we were talking, um, you know that Aaron Spelling had done a movie, an AIDS movie, right? And he had done a a cool, and the band played on. It was a a, you know Emmy winning drama, like a special. It was phenomenal. So it was an easy uh, pitch to Aaron to do this storyline. Plus. It gave Kelly Taylor something like a movie of the week quality kind of storyline, something serious with a lot of heart. And this episode, that was one of, and rewatching this one, which I honestly had not seen since 1997. I was totally shocked at some of it. Uh, but also very, very moved how, how, uh, I just, it, there was a lot of emotion toward the end. And I was saying, wow, this is an effective episode, so much better than I ever thought. And, and a lot of it has to do with, with, with Jenny's storyline. Uh, you know, obviously we have the, the birth of the baby and Steve and Claire also giving a lot of a heart in there. Some you know wonderful performances by Kathleen Robertson in this one. Jesus. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's all it's all it was, you know, very happy experience. Um, and you're going to make Michael's character, uh, Jimmy, a magician. Yeah, we're trying to give him a, you know, an endearing quality. And and again, Michael does such a wonderful job having this kind of dark sense of humor. Welcome to the death house, you know, stuff like that, <laughs> you know, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. which we kind of set up, and he was able to pull it off. And, and you know, you can see that her, and then slowly drawing her in into a, a friendship, you know, by having her talk, just telling telling him about her life, and we get get a chance to get some of her feelings out in a kind of interesting way because you learn about characters, about what they say about themselves and what they say about others. So it, it just. It was a plot line that was that you know maybe is overlooked because you know at the time I remember people thinking why are you doing such a downer plot but looking at it now it really gave uh, some class it followed you know the whole style Chuck had set in of you know having some social uh, social issues that that were important at the time and that nothing was more important than acceptance of that and I'm pretty certain in Friendship House those people in there were also you know it, had had HIV at least. They were actors. They were SAG actors who were HIV positive. And it was important for you to to cast people because you can tell that, that I mean that that's that would be important to the storyline to have actual people of, who were afflicted with this. You, you know? know, I'm sure we tied in some promotion with some, you know, some of the the the, the you know the, the people who did stuff like this and PSAs and stuff. I'm sure there were PSAs and I can't quite remember. Probably so a little bit of a blur. But uh, it was a you know it was a brave choice, and we we did the mix of storylines in this one here. You know, emotion was there, passion was there, bonding was there, and fun was there. Where was the fun in this episode? Fun was like well, it's it's the birth of the baby, right? It's 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 it, the craziness of where you're going to have a wedding, and and that's kind of played like pretty pretty good. I mean, I thought you know the things there are good the stuff. I really liked though was. Uh, there was a, a scene with Claire and Steve where she's just, you just got to let, let, let love lead you. She's talking about her mother and you set up, because you guys are going to set up this thing. She doesn't with, want to get involved. Yeah, with, with her mother's died and left her. So, yeah, I mean, we, we got we got to go deep dive into her psyche there. And Steve is there for her with some decent words. And she comes to a conclusion that you just got to let love lead you, which is kind of so sweet and uh, 
it was well done. Also, I thought the score of this episode done by Dan Foliart, who did all the Roseanne's originally, but after this, but I thought it was wonderful. I really uh, thought he caught a lot of the, the, the good stuff in it. And I think, um, well, I'll say Kathleen, like you said, was she's really phenomenal in this episode. I, you pointed out that she had the, her hair crimped. I asked her about her, her hair crimp, and she said she was really bored, and she just crimped her hair. <laughs> well, so this is, this is so typical. So Kathleen crimped her hair, and then what does Tori do? Crimps her hair. <laughs> this yeah. is like one would want to read, you know, they all <laughs> tells the story all the time. They all want each other. Once one picked a wardrobe out, the other one wanted it. Right. Um, which is just part of the, you know, being in a, you know, in a community and in a job, you see people every day. That's part of the fun of it. You know, that's, that's the love. And so jo- talking about Joey Tata's performance here, I mean, this is some really great stuff for him. This is probably Absolutely. outside of the episode where he has the heart attack and the previous seasons, um, this is one of those really strong performances from him. Uh, it's a character that we all loved and watched and wanted to see have a moment. And he delivers a really beautiful speech that the kids are what, you know, were his guardian, guardian angels. angels. I right. know. I love it. He steps up on the chair there. He's in his scrub. Yeah, I thought Joey really rose to the occasion this. And we threw him a lot. And uh, I just thought he really brought it with a lot of honesty. And, you know, the whole thing, he doesn't overplay when, he's, when he uh, uncovers that uh, his future wife's daughter is, is not a ballet dancer, but an exotic dancer. He totally, you know, <laughs> he kind of going like, really? <laughs> his, his expressions there are really, really real. Yeah, very authentic. And, uh, and that's, it's just, uh, yeah, he, he's really, really good this thing. We also get, you know, more than one line from Willie. You know, Willie gets a standout performance. He, he eats some wedding cake also. And uh, looks good in a white jacket. You know, when Molly comes on, we do have to talk a little about the wardrobe. Is Molly around there or no? I'm not. She's not here yet. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, that's that's the last bit, bit that I wanted okay. to do. Here. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that. But I thought, yeah, yeah. I mean, Joey. You know, probably since the uh, in the '60s storyline, he gets to play two characters. He gets to play his father, Sal. Yes, he's terrific in that. Uh, but this one here, I thought, you know, there's so much to do. He's got the. He's got to, you know you know be at the wedding and and he just he it must have been a lot of fun for him because he's terrific in it and and it was brave of us again to and maybe i caught some shit for it for giving so much to him you know people go what's it what are you doing what are you not you know but i looking at it now it just works so well into the thing and it you know you you can't just have a character in the background for for seven years and do nothing with them it's just demeaning really and, uh, and well, this gave him something. Gave him yeah. something. It gave him a life outside the thing. He had other people besides the kids, which would always bother. Yeah, it was kind of always one note when 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 Nat would only have the restaurant. That was his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was the peach pit, yeah. and it served the kids, and it's great. But yeah. like, what what's great is like now he has a life outside of. Uh, I mean, we even have this scene where Nat works at the restaurant so much. That he it's he comes to day. work on his wedding day, right? I, that's, I was just thinking that was really fun. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it, I thought it really worked. And again, uh, Burt Brinkerhoff did a nice job, you know, tying all those th- those things together. The the other storyline I, I totally had forgotten about was, you know, we're setting up, you know, the, the Brian Austin, you know, the David and Donna stuff, and they're coming off a little bit of a fracture. And uh, I thought that thing, you know, it plays a little bit, you know, how he's, he's his melancholy is kind of, you know, go into depression because he doesn't have a job anymore. But I thought there was something toward the end of that episode where Donna says to him, they're not going to be boyfriend and girlfriend, but she says, I'm not your enemy. And that really, I thought, 
really kind of put things on hold and let us get to the end of this well, would let us get to the end of the season you know well we're going to do a deep way. dive me and you together at some point talking about what you do at that end of the season with Donna and David so we're we'll we'll, we'll Donna loses it yeah so we're going to we're going to talk about that now when we were on Patreon I don't know if you want to talk about this but you said um the magician storyline caused ruckus Right? Is it, did you say this that when 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 uh, when that was the beginning of chaos? Was something had happened? Do you want to oh. talk about? It? No, I uh, I'd have to look when it was filmed, but I think at that point it was not well received. Yeah, you know, just I'm trying to think. I, we have to look and see who directed that. The uh, I think it was called Disappearing Act. Yes, uh, the episode. But uh, you know, we have the whole gang coming to this thing and. This was the beginning of contract negotiations. Who was going to get picked up for next year? Who wasn't? Uh, You're on that list. Actors and actors. actors. And and the executive producer. I'm just working like I got 32 episodes to go. I'm going to make it through here. Everyone's going to be fine. He's falling apart. He's having a heart attack. I'm going to make it through here. It's all going to, you know, again, I had all my moving pieces were breaking down at that point. Mm. And uh, probably at that point, you know, the word was in that, you know, we just got to get through this because Jason's going to take over the show. We'll go in a different direction because he doesn't want to come back unless, you know, everyone was tired of it. They had done, you know, 200, over 200 episodes. And it was hard to say what the show should be. Again, no one had the the, the value of, uh, of, you know, of looking back and realizing, you know, what was really good about the show. Sure. But at that point, they wanted something different. They've and And the premise of the show was not so clear then, which I always say is ordinary kids living extraordinary lives. And Obviously, after college, it was the exact opposite, which is why it's so flat. It was extraordinary kids living ordinary lives, like working for a local sure. paper, and like a yeah. shop girl, like instead of like having great jobs, which would have been what I would have done. Yeah. You know? and so that was the beginning, I guess, of, of the move against me. So I remember there was being bad feelings about this magic show. Uh, but I, again, I couldn't pay attention because there was too much work to be done. I had Phil Sabbath with me, thank God. And he was functioning, and, and and we just would just hold up and you know write it. And looking at the seventh season now, it's pretty fucking good. It's really uh, good. I, yeah. I this made for life. I have had no memory of, and I said, wow, that really had a lot of good stuff. Again, it wasn't the sexiest, but it had the great you know Brandon and uh, and Lily plot, the exotic dancer, and and, and that was really very satisfying. And that kind of wonder kind of completed itself, I thought. And uh, yes, I mean they're just you know again the you could feel. The Dalton, you know, and the Mark Reese, you know, we're in his in his in his place in the hills. It looked promising, but even that, it's a foggy day. Something going like that's eh, kind of bad luck, you know. It's a yeah. foggy day, a sense of gloom, you know, amid the. Gaiety. But at this point, there's no sense of you even thinking like, oh, this is not, this. You're everyone looking. You're looking at the dailies. You think you're invulnerable because the heck could who could do this job? Right. Like, well, I mean, even with the do. with the dailies of Mark uh, Mark Reese, when you're looking at that in the early part of it, you're like, he's fine. He's great. He's working out. You okay. said that you wanted to build him to be this Ron Reagan character, right? Well, or it, it, yeah, Orange County money beyond Beverly Hills and this snobby elitist. And I thought he he was delivering on that. Yeah. What we didn't realize that there just wasn't chemistry with a lot of the cast. Right. Yeah. And, and then know, once and, that and breeze. And again, and again, everyone then 
was scared, I think, because like, what are they going to do if, if the show, we didn't even know if the show was going to end then. Don't forget either. It could have ended in college at the end of college. Sure. But, you know, but in some ways it may have should have, but we're yeah. getting great ready. So it probably, I kind of sense it probably wasn't going to be, but mm-hmm. certainly people were worried whether their character was going to be bringing back unless they were one of the top, top three or four on the, on the uh, call list. Um, but and meanwhile, uh, you have like Jason who is, could come Jason, back anytime he wants, but you right. know, he's thinking about thinking leaving. Like, maybe he's thinking more. Uh, I'm, I'm directing. I directed a lot now. Now I want to produce the show. You know. Yeah, it makes you know, sense though. Is, it's the right is, trajectory. Which yeah. is a really lot of work. I think you know. You know. Then, sure. Then they brought in. Well, anyway, we'll get into that some other time. And some other time. Um. All right. Well, this is great, man. Made for life. You look back on it. Um. There was a lot to cover here. Do you? You, did you like the seeing this back? I mean, I thought this oh, was yeah, surprisingly I I great. I really did. At first, I wasn't liking it. I went, oh, this, you know, the David and Donna thing seemed kind of stale to me. And um, But then, you know, you know, seeing that Lily character and realizing how it was all working out and having the fun of the wedding. And, you know, it's just, and, and again, when, when she gets busted, when they show up at the, uh, at the strip club, at the very classy strip club, um, uh, I, I just thought that was really well done. Really liked what was going on there. Also, I do love uh, she gets pregnant during the the wedding, and then she won't have the baby until she's she um, I'm, until I'm married. Yeah, they stopped the ceremony, which is cool. At the at the at the at the the hospital, she they, in, the, in the hall. It's a hallway delivery. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was there was some original stuff in there we, we had we had done, and 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 again, it led to giving Joey really a good part, and everyone's happy for that. And, yeah, uh, and it sets up a bunch of stuff, and we uh, have to see Valerie as a total bitch to to Kelly, you know, kind of pointing out the Lily and Brandon connection. Oh, right. So we, we that's, 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 that's always good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, again, we're setting up the seeds for basically sweeps coming up. You know, we know, you know, November is sweeps, so this episode would have aired probably late September. You know, mm. so about, probably about a month away from sweeps. Uh, really good stuff. Um, and, you know, we'll be back doing more episodes of the Beverly Hills 90210 show uh, very soon. So, you know, stay with us here and keep us uh, in your thoughts when we're doing this. And also keep Joey Tata in your thoughts, too. Um, I know he's going through a battle and his family is uh, yep. very upset about all that's happening to him. He's an, a legend to the show. A terrific actor and someone that we all love and, and adore here. So, and I know you knew and, and on also, a personal yeah, level. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, I love Joey. And also, it's it's really good. It's really helpful that people keep streaming the show. Right. Yeah. On all the different platforms, we got it now. Uh, Hulu, Pluto, Pluto Hulu, TV, yeah. Paramount yeah. Plus. It's it helps us yeah. when you stream the show. Keep watching the show. It's fantastic. It keeps us happy. All right. Very cool. Uh, this has been great. We will see you all next week. <laughs>